World episode 29 Nerd Man and the Masters of the Nerdiverse. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And I'm Adi. And today we are rejoined by the wonderful Jonathan Green. Thank you very for much. For an 80s TV special. Bring it on. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> Thank Welcome you. back. So you, you've upgraded your studios this time. Yes, I know. I've been promoted. We'll no longer hide you in the box room. <laughs> so when people come back next, we've got like. Sofas and uh, we've got snack bars and sounds good to me. Cocktail <laughs> bars next time. That's yeah. just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so we've threatened this for a while, haven't we? Getting together and talking eighties TV shows. We, we have, have, yeah, yeah. I think it was just something that was born out of the conversation we had last time. Yeah. Last time you were on yeah. the show, uh, and we just kind of started nerding out a bit about TV shows from the eighties <laughs> towards the end of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, but I think before we get on with that, I need to catch up with what what, what you've been up to for the last year, sir. Um. Mostly, it feels like writing the history of fighting fantasy game books. Of course, mm, yeah. That, when when's that due out? Well, I can now say probably this summer. I know that's vague. People awesome. normally say to me, "When's it due out?" I say, "I can't say yet because of various other things going on." But um, the manuscript's gone to the publisher now, so ready for being laid out, and the art is almost all in. So nice. that's been awesome because every day I get emails which have got attachments from people like John Civic, and Terry Oakes, and Ian McCaig with wonderful pictures that I just then make my desktop. I'm happy everybody else. No. But so it's all coming together, and there's a few bits of commissioned work, uh, newly commissioned that are still to be created. But, yeah, that's getting very close now, even to the point where there's been talk about possibly doing a mini Fighting Fantasy Con around the launch of the book. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. So that pretty much feels like it's been taking up every waking hour recently. Cool. <laughs> with cosplay. Well, what? If, if you're <laughs> right. Ah, yes. With cosplay for the. Cosplay you mean, you mean the con, yeah. Not yeah, my every waking hour dressed up as barbarians with. Well, you could if you want. <laughs> plus two attack strength weapons, and, <laughs> as it were. Or just turn up in like a kind of white robe with 400 written on the front. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's, that's a, that'd be good. This is going to happen, clever. hasn't it? That's clever. That'd be yeah. prizes. There you go, there's your uh, outfit for next week's. <laughs> next year's sci fi weekend. <laughs> We've got our flash mob. We have got our flash mob. We have to do it now. We've, we've been, we've been. Did you uh, hear about that? No. It was, it was, Emma came up with this idea. We were chatting because the, the last show was a review for the Sci-Fi Weekend, mm. which obviously you were at, and we'll, we'll get onto in a little while. Because yeah, I great. love the fact that you're now Robert Rankin's steampunk nemesis. In his words. Yeah, indeed. And I really want to talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but we, we were talking about things to do for cosplay for next year, and we came up with the idea of a flash mob which is either dressing as Flash Gordon, The Flash, or a Mac, and turning it with pitchforks and torches right. as a Flash mob. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of gaining some traction. Cool. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. So there may well be a Flash mob at next year's, <laughs> next year's event. Brilliant. In whatever guise we uh, decide on. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd probably go for Flash Gordon because I love Flash Gordon. I think and you have the physique for it, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we yeah. all do. I've got the boots and tights. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're all looking fantastic. Yeah. We're all looking we're all ripped. Yeah. We've been That's why I'm feeding you all chocolate. <laughs> 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 
But yeah, so uh, just to, to go back, <laughs> I mean, derailed things. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. So the sci-fi weekend. Uh, I, I can't remember how it was. It when you went up to do the just a minute. Yes. Um, I don't know if you heard, but I only found out the day before I was even doing just a minute, because I'd been emailing people about doing panels as an author, so I didn't bother to check anything else in the schedule because it's one of those rush things. Just get up there, know what you need to know. Um, and then David Tallerman stopped by my stall, a um, fancy writer. And he said, and of course, we've got just a minute tomorrow. I was like, no, we haven't. He goes, yes, we have. We've got this piece of paper out. And there it was. So I had a little bit of warning. <laughs> but um, I'd heard so much about it at other weekenders and how fantastically funny it is. But I'd never seen it because I'd always been behind a table somewhere. Mm. That's right, yeah. So I didn't really have any idea what to expect. Um, it's a long time since I even heard it on the radio, so I wasn't completely okay with the rules, as anybody who saw it will know. That, that's why I don't think many people on that stage were. Yeah. <laughs> I recall well, that, correctly. There weren't that many in the audience either. There was about 25 that knew all the rules. Yeah. Well, all the, all the other panels I've done, you just rock up and you sort of grab a mic and go up onto the table. Here it's all getting backstage, properly mic'd up, and now suddenly, oh my goodness. That's what the main and stage is like, you know, you've got fitting yeah. radio mics and everything. It's, it's crazy, it's scary. Um, so, yeah, I was waiting. Uh, Robert was going to produce names, and I'd met him a few times before, and then he introduced me last as his evil steampunk nemesis. <laughs> so that is now obvious on my website. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. so you, you've got to have badges or something. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I am Robert Rankin's yeah. evil steampunk <laughs> yeah, nemesis. T-shirt. Oh yeah, you need a t-shirt, yeah. 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 That would be awesome. <laughs> as to why? <laughs> well... Well, it's a good line. Yeah, because <laughs> we were talking about it and, um, afterwards, uh, and you said it was something along the lines of the previous conventions. You, you'd both been on panels together. Yes. And uh, and you kind of got into kind of some good-natured debate yes. between each other. The, the first panel I did, um, goodness, was a couple of weekenders ago now, when it was in the other North Wales place. I forgot that was in Prestatin. That's on Prestatin. Because each one I've, I've been to, I've been more and more involved. And that's mm. the first one I actually moderated a panel but there are about seven or eight people on it which is far too many for a panel yeah. and it's a baptism of fire and Robert was on it who is much more used to this sort of thing and kind of took over a little bit and some people went away saying what a great panel others went away saying not such a good panel so it's one of those things you learn by your mistakes so then last year at the weekend I knew Robert that bit better and there were fewer of us so there's a bit more friendly banter shall we say and <laughs> I, I realised I could be rude back which helped so I was kind of the Robert Rankin Wrangler um, <laughs> the ranking wrangler. There you go. Um, the t-shirt right there. You there. <laughs> <laughs> the ranking wrangler. We, we did another um, panel at uh, oh, what was it? Geekfest. Oh, Nine, Nine Worlds. Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the sort of steampunk basement where we'd all been shut away from everybody else, so not many people came past unless they were involved in the steampunk stuff that weekend. But there were some. That said, although it wasn't well attended, there were some great panels and some really good discussion, not just about steampunk, but also about writing in general. Mm. There's one I did with um, Toby Frost, which I wasn't chairing, and that was a really fascinating discussion. He's a really intelligent guy. Mm. But one there, I had Robert on the panel, and in the past, it's also said I put various quotes on my website, what people had said about me, and I stupidly didn't say where they're from. So people started to think I'd called myself these things. And one of them was the king of steampunk. And the trouble is, I can't remember now where the quote came from. <laughs> so Robert started off by crowning me the king of steampunk and made me wear a plastic crown. <laughs> so I was then belligerent and wore it for the whole thing. So, nice. And there's photos and all sorts of things. So yeah, we have this friendly rivalry, possibly. <laughs> I mean, Robert's been obviously writing steampunk-esque stuff for longer than I have. But he always says, he'll say this himself, when he started writing it, he didn't know it was called Steampunk. Yeah, he didn't know yeah, it was a thing. Um, so he called it far-fetched fiction. Yeah, Whereas yeah. when I 
I sat down to write Pax Britannia, I pitched it to Abaddon Books as a steampunk universe. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're two of the... I mean, there's a fair few people now, but I guess with Livy Tidhar, Mark Hodder, people like that, we're known as within the UK as steampunk authors. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a bit of friendly rivalry, I suppose. Also, I got a parrot, he got a parrot, you know. Well, that's yeah. it, yeah, so, yeah. That's what we've got to see next is kind of a parrot death match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd love to we'll do, do is... Flash Gordon style, yeah, a rotating Well, the parrot was based on a character in my last Pax Ritani book, and I, if I ever had the money and the means, I'd love to get another model made of the steampunk King Kong. But... Uh, be a bit tricky to cart around the place. Oh, I was going to say you'd need a steampunk monkey as a, as a, yeah. as a one-upmanship on the parrot. There's got to be a Kickstarter in there well, somewhere. I, I think that was if, pretty if Mental taken. Dave can do a Kickstarter for a steampunk jetpack, you can do one for a monkey butler. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Because <laughs> well, Gareth yes. Powers won the BSFA award, or Joint for Best Novel with Akat Makak, mm. which on lots of things promotes it as a steampunk novel. And as soon as I mentioned this to him at the panel at the weekend, he said it isn't steampunk. So I kind of killed that conversation. Okay. Okay. But, but congratulations to Gareth on the win. Because he, he won yeah. just a minute as well. So. He did he indeed, did. yes. That was second year running for him, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, we shall see. Depends who he's up against next year. Seriously. <laughs> see how it goes. But yeah, it was a good um, are, are you at Geek uh, Nine Worlds this year? Don't know yet. Um, if I do, I'll probably go along as a pun to maybe do a few panels rather than trading. Yeah. Because it, I, I get the impression that people really enjoyed it, but if you were stuck in one room... Yeah, you, didn't you really get a very limited it, view yeah. of what's going on. So I'd on. happily be involved in some panels, but just to be able to mingle a bit more would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've applied for the podcasting track, so oh, cool. we'll see if we get <laughs> get taken Hopefully. up on that one, because it's only a mini track, the podcasting one, but uh, it seems to be fairly oversubscribed from the emails that I've had back, right. so we'll see see how that goes. So we might get down there or not. Uh, so other than that, uh, was it we bobbed into the Doctor Who 50th. Yes. Last year as well, yes. which went down. Did you enjoy that? That was a lot of fun, yeah. Because what I'm finding now, as with the weekend, is I've got two young children who aren't quite so young anymore. Yeah. So they can now go along to these things. And not just they can go along, but they enjoy them and they want to go along. Yeah. So I kind of get to geek out with my kids. Uh, they're quite into MCM and the London Comic Con as well. Ah, right. Okay, London from the Comic Con. Yes, so mm. we've done a few of those. Um, but yeah, the Doctor Who one was, was brilliant. You think, it's the 50th. No, it's, they're at the right age to enjoy it now. I've been enjoying it since I was their age so to not when it's on your doorstep to live in London anyway not yeah. to go and <clears throat> did you push. see the, uh, the the big kind of panel things that they did on that day because there were three we only saw the one with about well with uh, Matt Smith um, oh right yeah so the, well yeah, it started the, off with the old doctors then it had yeah because there was the regenerations panel first yeah. was the um, um, Sylvester because originally I tried to book it to do it on the day of the anniversary and then watch it. And as it turns out, I'm really glad that we couldn't. We had to go on the Sunday mm. because everybody could actually talk about the episode. That's right, yeah. And yeah. they had the whole big um, Guinness Book of Records photograph. And yes. I think we're in the background somewhere. I'm possibly. just out of shot on that because I was on the front row, just like oh, slightly yeah. off camera to the left. Of the curses. <laughs> but, but to have been there, that was good. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good one. Um, also, a friend of mine, Cav Scott, he writes loads of time stuff. Um, he was actually running one of the events, like the run-around kind of quiz with the kids. That was him and some teenager from CBBC. Don't remember his name. <laughs> and to, to link us into the kids' things, you were all, you also did your uh, Moshi Monsters premiere as well, didn't you? I did. Mm. That was a lot of fun, yeah. Um, I wrote my first novelisation of the Moshi Monsters movie, which was an interesting experience, <laughs> because I wrote it about three times. Because I'd just finished the first draft, and then I got sent the revised script. 
And it's like, oh, okay, which bits have been highlighted? Nope, they haven't. That's really so the, whole thing. the whole thing. The whole book. <laughs> and then I sent it in, and I got, I've never had so many comments from so many different people, I wouldn't say editors, but different people involved, along the lines of, this doesn't happen in the movie. It's like, I've not seen the movie, <laughs> so how do I know? So, yeah, um, it was an interesting experience, but then the upshot of that was we did get to go to the, the Moshi premiere, and we just happened to be sitting behind Mr. Moshi. So yeah. my kids love that. Awesome. And there was a, a Hollywood glam theme, so they dressed up in most ridiculous clothes, but they made an impression, I think. Awesome. So how, how's that gone? Has it been, gen- been well-received? Well, to be honest, any of the Moshi stuff gets well-reviewed. Yeah. It gets a lot of reviews. It's, I've never had too many five-star reviews for anything apart from the Moshi stuff. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've done, had a few things out with them. I think I'm up to about ten different books from them now. Ranging from novels to, to sticker books, which is a, yeah. another experience altogether. But again, it's one where I can go to my daughter, look, here's something I've written, and she'll read it. So that's nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah, my daughter does as well. She's got about three or four of, you, three or four of them. Yeah. I actually got her to go home and check, and I think she said two out of so four books she's got, she said two out of them have got your name on them. Great. So there you go. That's all I did. <laughs> yeah. So something Megan's ever gotten into, I think she must be just that little bit She's too a little bit older, yeah. Yeah, yeah well... My daughter's now seven. I suppose she's about five when Same age as started. Mine. And again, my son's a couple of years older. Mm. But they go through phases of it, and they just happen to get all their Moshi Monster stuff out this weekend. And there's, <laughs> I think there's a new range, of course, that sparks interest again. But my son's gradu- graduating onto Lego. Well, he's still had Lego for ages, but he's well into the Marvel Universe in all its forms now. <laughs> yeah, Marvel more than DC, I think. All oh, right, okay. Whereas mm. I'm probably DC more than Marvel. But Yeah, because there's not been that many lego sets come out because uh, I, I was hoping to do more mm. iron man 3 but there was only two sets came out for that because i got yeah but they've done loads of the lego movie yeah yeah Which, yeah i've still not seen that yet ah well it's i saw somebody put the best quote about it on twitter and it's the best batman movie is the lego movie. <laughs> and, yeah. or, the, or the best movie batman is the lego movie batman and it is hilarious <laughs> that's what it was yeah it's the guy who does the how it should have ended Batman voice, isn't it? Is it? Is it? I I want to say anything to spoil it, but it's a very good film. And another description I heard was it's like The Matrix, but it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, you've got to see it. Mm. And then you'll want to get all the Lego sets, and you'll say, they've had loads of Lego sets. It's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To hear my son say he's playing with his micromanager, it's only because of the Lego movie. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to say, I think it'll be due out on DVD soon, won't yeah. it? Because it, it was, what, about three months ago, something yeah. like that came out? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we were lucky, because we get we got to see, all, uh, see a preview of that, because um, my best man is, he's a film exec at Radio 1, so he gets various interesting invitations. Nice. So we all, all tagged along. Nice. Cool. And that was brilliant, because it was an audience full of kids and their parents, and everybody just loved it. Although, admittedly, the kids weren't laughing at all the jokes, should we say. So it's a well, that's the proper mark of family a good movie film, in the I true think. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah it did. You know, that's the mark of a good film, if you know, the grown-ups can get, get something out of it as well. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So anyway, um, yeah. I was going off there. About, about <laughs> Lego. At a time. Yeah, well, I was, I was thinking about buying more Lego. <laughs> <laughs> to stop that. Death Star. Oh, I would. But no, I just got my Millennium Falcon, so... No. Can't can't justify <laughs> spending for a death star as well. God, far too much. But there is the Ghostbusters set coming. Yes, there yes, is. That looks very cool. Which I think I have to get that. Is it one or three? Because I th- I thought it was three different segments. 
Um, well, yeah, I think there's an Ecto one, a fire station, and and just them. Yeah. But I don't know how much of it is like one set or whether it's just one indeed because it's all been put together in various photographs of it. Yeah. They must have Slimer in there somewhere, don't they? I haven't seen him yet. I've Possibly, seen... I don't know, because I mean, if it's if it's the original one, he's he's not really Slimer. Because I think it was it was only down to I think it was the 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 go segue into the cartoons. Yeah. It was only the Extreme Ghostbusters that brought him in as Slimer, because previously then he, he was only just the Green Ghost. But it was that rule yeah. that eighties kids cartoons always had, wasn't there? You have to have some ridiculous. Lovable, cuddly creature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To make it a green ghost. And to be honest, Slimer was better than most. Yeah. He worked, you know, for Part example, Orko. Godzuki. Well, anyway, that's probably seventies. Orko. Orko. Uh, yeah. Orko, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, so what was the other one? Uh, there was one I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, it, Happy Days. You remember Fonz and the Happy Days? Yeah. The the cartoon version Vaguely. that had Mister Cool, the dog. <laughs> No, no, I don't that. actually. No, I think it was called Mystical, unless I've, I've made this up entirely. No, there's, there's, there was definitely there's a... Joe Call, which is the the cool dog that Snoopy does. No, 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 no. Because no, he does, he puts a pair of aviators on and does this whole yeah. cool. There was definitely a Fonzie in the Happy Days cartoon. Yes, there was, but I don't know about I don't know about this dog. dog. <laughs> I, I'm going to Google this. We talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm googling this cartoon. I don't even remember this cartoon. I, I remember it vaguely. I don't think I saw it, but I know of it. And yes, there was definitely a dog in it, and I could see the dog in the picture. Oh, well, this isn't really helping on a podcast. No, it's not. No. <laughs> Look, everyone, there's a picture of it. Look, a picture of a dog. See, I'm not mental. Um, <laughs> woof, woof. I, I might not be mental. No, it is psychic dog, Mr. Cool. Okay. You should know that right now, Spindles doesn't even have his phone out. <laughs> yeah. He's just pretending. Using my eidetic memory. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, but there was a dog called oh. Mr. Cool in Fun in Fonz and Happy Days. There you go. It was Psychic Dog called Mr. Cool. I don't know if it was Psychic or not, but it was Sidekick. Oh, Sidekick. Side <laughs> Sorry. Wow. What? Wow. Because as I recall, he wore the shades and everything. He was talking to his phone at the time. As the dog. Even the Fonzie stuff. When they tested all these shows, who was it ever said that they liked those characters? Like Danger Mouse. Penfold drove me mad. Really? He was just irritating. I thought, Danger Mouse is this action here, I'm going to do some cool stuff. And there's Penfold being a twat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I say that on a podcast? Yes, you can. Yeah. Of course you can, mate. Yeah, you like I'd have thought that the, the, the kind of irritating, cute character would have been that weird white caterpillar bug. Oh, yeah. Danger Mouse. With the boss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, back well, his, back his pet, with, with thing, but his fuzzy pet. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been the kind of token and he had that, thing. Not his other henchman, that crow, wasn't it? Yeah. He goes, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, what the hell was that? A Mexican crow. Mexican, Mexican crow, yes. Who mm. <laughs> uh, Yeah, they seem to, because the, on the Kiora adverts, they talk like that as well, didn't they? <laughs> it's too orangey for crows. Yeah, that was more um, Orleans style. Yeah. Deep South. Deep South. Just well, for me and my dog. Oh. I'll, I'll be your, your dog. Comes <laughs> 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 from 80s TV shows to 80s adverts. They all converge. They all converge. To be honest, God. quite a lot of the TV, the, the kids TV shows in the 80s were adverts. Well, that's it. They were extended adverts. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Transformers uh, he, was the classic, wasn't it? It didn't exist. Well, I think He-Man was the first first example of it. I think He-Man that was, was the blatant one, yeah, specifically Mattel. created to sell a line of toys. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and that's why you get these random characters appear later on because they bring out the next series, yeah. next set. 
But Transformers, you're right. I, mean, I, I was a big fan of Transformers. and but They just bought these weird toys, didn't they, from Japan? And they, yeah. they got to create something with this. And you look at how that's done now. Oh, mm. well, yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, mech stuff was always quite popular. I think it was... I can't remember the name of the, the, the Japanese cartoon where it was like five robots that all got together and... Sounds like Power Rangers, but I guess Power Rangers ripped no, off as well. No, it was a rip-off. Yeah, yeah, Power Rangers was a, was a yeah. rip-off of the Japanese thing. Um, but then, because they incorporated geez. things like that into Transformers as well, mm. uh, with the uh, well, it's the annoying because the constructed well, things. There's that the work, Battle yeah, of the Planets. Five different toys. No, right. Actually, they, 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 they did yeah. transforming, didn't they? That yeah, was yeah. they used to combine as well. Yeah, there used to be something else that then turned into some robotic. Yes. Thing. To use the technical term. Is the king parlance. <laughs> thing turns into other thing. <laughs> there was uh, Macron one. That was late seventies, early eighties that combined. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, but then again, that was I don't know whether that actually ever because I've, I've spoken to loads of people about it and nobody can remember it. it was, no, it's not one of those. <laughs> before you two start, it's not one of these random <laughs> the things. The, I've thing, made. the thing is, do you know about this? The shows, that, the shows that only exist in eighty oh, You performed for making quite a lot of shit up, dude. <laughs> that's not. That's not making it up. I have proof, and I've sent you the links to the actual shows. I can see now. In many years' time, we'll have another get together talking about mech stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, just, just yeah, yeah, Ma yeah Macron one was a, a, a late late seventies uh, one where it had combined robots into a big fighty baddies. Everything in the eighties seemed to be robots transforming and merging. I mean, look at Centurion. Yeah, Centurion. Oh, Power Extreme. Yeah. That was awesome. I loved that show. Yeah, Mask did it as well. Mask. Yeah, still got loads of Mask. And in my epic. personal favourite, Jason the Wheeled Warriors. Yes, awesome. that I'm, was awesome. I'm, I kept getting Jace's dad confused with Ulysses from Ulysses 31. They did look very similar. The graphic similar. looks almost identical, just apart from the white pattern of hair is missing. So, yeah, yeah well, cause we were having the a conversation arm. the other day uh, uh, about whether some of these shows ended. Uh, so, have you seen the end of A, Ulysses 31? Not that I can remember. Mm, no. B, Mysterious Cities of Gold? No, no that no. went on forever. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I, I'm reliably informed that both of these shows well, ended at some point. <laughs> Somewhere in our house we have the DVD collection of Ulysses 31 because yeah. my wife at one point started reminiscing about it and I, I don't know where it is now but we've not watched it all the way through. So that, that, There's a mission point. So I almost started yeah. seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to go and find out what happens at the end of Ulysses 31. That, that was, was that but 70s or 80s? That, that was 80s. Because that was yeah. epic. It was. was very in, early. In every sense it? of the word. In yeah. the modern sense and the classical sense. Wasn't that wasn't that French? What, what was the thing of that one? Where was where was the origin I, of that? Ulysses thirty one might have been a French, French one. Yeah, one, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do yeah, have I a. Well I it. just had a weird thing that that was a, there was a French connection to it. it had a very particular graphic style as well. Yeah. It and did. It had yeah. the the oddball companion, the little robot. Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Then yes. do in, in Jason World Warriors, you you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flora, Flora, as it you know the robot in that. You know, yeah. His magic lance. Yeah. But they, I guess it was that consumerism, wasn't it, of the 80s, that definite move to we're just going to market this at kids blatantly yeah. and have yeah. it on Saturday mornings and yeah. after school. And Chuck a load of synth in the intro music. Exactly. Right. And they all follow a very similar, a similar pattern. And having been so aggressively sort of commercial about it all, they'd then have a moral at the end, wouldn't they? Yeah. Just oh, yes. tacked on, forced in, crowbarred in, yeah. or they'd all end laughing merrily. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But even then they kind of Or say, they'd do both. Kids. Yeah. Be more irritating. <laughs> they'd all yeah. laugh and then Prince Adam would come back and say, but 
Be careful. I'm trying to remember which ones were the worst, but I remember Mask being particularly bad for that. Yeah. That it would take the up T-Bob at least and... two or three minutes at the end, T-Bob and Alex doing yeah. something that they shouldn't do yeah. and getting told off and going, see, kids, don't do that. Don't drink battery acid. Because <laughs> <laughs> it'll fuck your robot up. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty bad, as I remember, just being jarring at the end. <laughs> Even it was an extended advert. <laughs> when did they stop doing that? What do you mean? When, I like the morality that, things at the end. When He Man and Mask stopped. <laughs> well, because it was all it was in standard TV programs as well. Because it was Star Trek: Next Generation was. Prime do you reckon it was when when the kids who were watching that grew up and became the people making them and thought the last thing we're going to do this is, is fucking one of those shit. Fucking sick of this. Stop yeah. telling us yeah. shit at the end of it. We know not to drink battery we're acid. Not preach. <laughs> I wonder if it was a kickback against that. Yeah. That's, that, that's the tagline for this show, by the way. What's that? <laughs> Don't drink battery. <laughs> <laughs> kids. <laughs> when we put it up on Friday, you're going to put comma, there. kids. Charlie oh, says, kids. never eat matches when you've been drinking oil. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I used to love taking a piss out of those ones. Yeah. Because, of course, that, that was another staple of the 80s to mix in with the adverts. Everything was the public safety announcement. And they were like, Timmy, you flares! That's <laughs> insanity, isn't it? That's, but, is it Scarfuck, that, that guy that did the spoof kind of Twitter page yeah. and yeah, yeah. about all these things? And it's really clever. They're made to look like this sort of 70s information. Yes. And they're really, really wrong. dark yes. and sinister. I and love fantastic. those. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love those. Yes. Definitely require more of that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. One of these, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yes. Was there that a moral? Used to have, yeah, they used there to have was. a stupid... What, the, the they, cartoon? Yeah, at the end of it, they used to have a stupid moral to the end of that one as well. Because one where they did it slightly differently, I think, was um, Marshall Bravestar. Do you remember? Oh, oh Bravestar. Brave Star. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> on the planet New Texas. Yeah. Because that <laughs> one, they Marshall Bravestar. people die. It didn't happen very often, but there's a couple of occasions when they did die. And one of them was some kid took some drug called spin or something like, which is basically like LSD as mm. far as you can work out and he dies of an overdose during the, during the episode I don't remember that so one. you kind of think if you're going to do it that's Fair. a much better more powerful way of doing it yeah, but it still had all that cliche like the He-Man have got to have certain powers and certain sidekicks and certain villains and I guess that was another kind of running theme in a lot of the 80s shows was the kind of you know the anti-drugs message and yeah. there were a few other which is massively ironic when you watch most of the cartoons back and think that they must have been created by people on drugs. Yeah, absolutely. At the time. I mean, I some went... of the stuff in Jason the World Warriors, that big green <laughs> yeah, snappy what the hell is that on the back of the truck, is like, what? <laughs> and how, the, and how, badly we, how badly were you tripping balls when you did <laughs> the show, man? And the weird vines that come out with these fucking pods that turn into saw-wielding yeah. biomech. Vehicles and, and an, enemy, an, enemy <laughs> called, an enemy called Sawboss. Yes, masterminds in the Sawboss. That was a bit crazy, odd. but yeah, I reckon it did. It was, it was all it was all the guys that um, that were all the military LSD experiments. They got them to write all the cartoons during the eighties because they didn't know what the fuck to do with them at the end of the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> they got some quality programming. Around, that's what they did. They did produce a lot of episodes, didn't they? As yeah. well, I yeah. Guess they didn't sleep. So I suppose yeah, they yeah, exactly drugs. <laughs> I mean, there was a, there was a load of spin-off shows from from real things again to go back to that, which is like all the. Do you remember all the uh, WWF spin-off stuff with Rowdy Roddy yes. Piper and um, Junkyard Dog and yeah, yeah, and Hulk Hogan and everyone. Like, oh, what the fuck was that, that called? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm too old for that. I don't. Jesus, well, that, that passed me by completely. What the WWF, WWF thing? Just really? Yeah. All right. Okay. Wow. So um, 
Didn't yeah. Hogan do Thunder in Paradise? Was that what he did? Yeah, that, that was show? an awful film, yeah. It was a TV show. So he's a detective. Did they? Yeah, it was his version of... Um, Baywatch Nights. Yeah, Baywatch Nights. Yeah, Baywatch Nights. Yeah, Baywatch Nights. Did you ever see the vampire episode of Baywatch Nights? <laughs> where they went what? up against an actual vampire. I shit you not, there is an episode <laughs> of Baywatch yeah. Nights where, where Mitch and the gang go up against actual vampires. It's oh my brilliant. God. They'd also been watching The Night Stalker. <laughs> And then Josh Whedon watched Baywatch Nights. It's a crazy idea. <laughs> no, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it watching that episode. It was like, you see the actual vampires. Well, they just watched Lost Boys and went, oh, let's do I that. I can't believe I actually watched Baywatch Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, there, there were a load of random shows at that time that I used to really like, and it was stuff like uh, Midnight Caller. Yes. That was Remember brilliant. That? Yes. Remember that? that was Gary really good. Gary Cole. Yeah. Uh, good night, America, the, wherever you, you are. are. Yeah. Like a sax. A yeah. solo sax in the background. And uh, oh, it was all solo sax in the 80s. It was any show like that. <laughs> didn't have a saxophone. It wasn't worth watching. <laughs> Flame sax! <laughs> uh, stuff like um, uh, Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That, was, that was awesome. That was an excellent show. Well, I think I'm most canned the remake of that. Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hopefully so. There's, there's a lot of unfortunate reboots that have been canned recently, like Iron Inside and things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thankfully they've yeah. decided not to continue with. But how the fuck Team Wolf still keeps going, I don't know. Oh, fuck <laughs> me, that's just stupid. But it was, um, Banned that from the house. Well, no, I was really disappointed that it, it just didn't take off and didn't get the exposure. Well, probably because looking back at it, it was actually quite crap. But I used to actually love Street Hawk. Yeah, See, that was my favourite. I, I love the theme music for that. Tangerine Dream. Yes. I could still probably sing go. it to you, I thought. <laughs> Tangerine Dream are awesome. Yeah. Cause they did a lot. But I loved how, that, again, that was another model of TV shows, wasn't it? Things like Knight Rider. And it's like, what else can we do? Oh, we'll do a helicopter. Blue Air Thunder. Wolf. Well, yeah, but Air Wolf, Air Wolf did it better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then he thought, what else do you do? Oh, motorbike. Motorbike, yeah. 300 miles now. <laughs> the best for that was yeah, Federal right. Agent, Norman Tuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan had the boat in Thunder and Paradise. Ah, yeah, very black speedboat. Stuff boat. I just remember, yeah, Street Hawk didn't last very long, did it? But it was no. former motorcycle cop Jesse somebody. Yeah, and he always had to keep his secret identity. At the end of the episode, he took his helmet off to snog the girl. He did. So he was rubbish at keeping his secret <laughs> identity. The man, machine, street hawk. <laughs> Which means, kind of similar, to, similar to Batman, he has a cellar full of dead girlfriends who he revealed his secret identity <laughs> I won't kill the Joker, but <laughs> you know my secret identity. Yeah. I've never told them before, before, but I'm Batman. Well, no, you told the last girl and she conveniently went missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Vicky Vale, what happened to her? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's oh, just my talking conspiracy of those, theory. As we've gone off tangent with those shows, there was, I can't remember what it was called, but there was a guy who's created, was it Auto Man? A computer-generated... Yes. Handsome bloke, basically, with, yeah. with blonde hair and, and a sort of lit up blue suit. Mm-hmm. And he had oh. his cursor, cursor who would was, then yeah. create things from like a helicopter, which they then fly Or a car, or yeah, yeah that it was all sort of came brilliant. out of his computers. Mm. I guess it was around the time. I, I remember away, actually get, getting the, uh, the the car that looked very similar to it from Matchbox and painting it black and painstakingly like painting all the, the, blue the lines. electric <laughs> blue lines on it. Yeah, Auto Man. And yes. uh, Manimal. 
Manimal. Manimal. Manimal. Manimal. Manimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would always watch that, waiting to see him transform. Mm. And you got the odd things. Was it the panther? There was the hawk. eagle, the hawk, yeah. or panther, and but you and a snake or something was it? Well, I imagine that bit. I don't I think know. you're Conan the Barbarian, though. But Possibly. But, yeah, it's it's, yeah, Conan the Destroyer, where he raises But you'd never see ripples. enough. And he'd turn into random things like a cow in one episode, I remember. <laughs> but he never saw it happen. I'm sure there was a dog at one point. <laughs> and I was just desperate to see that transformation. So I was then, when I first saw An American Wife in London, I thought, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't this in Manimal every week? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Manimal, that, that it, I'm right in thinking that he just kind of got a close-up of his hand and it kind of and ripples. Ripple, yeah. Yeah. And that was it. And he'd see sometimes a bit of a... Uh, know, facial change, yeah. yeah. Can understand but why that was they badly, like CGI, like smeared over the front of his face. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the guy's name now, but I think he ended up in Casualty or Holby City or something. Really? He's one of those British actors who went off to America in the eighties, made a load of dodgy movies and films. He was, was in Jaws Three. Oh, what's his name? Oh, the, the, I thought the, the guy from Animal. I thought didn't he do the? <laughs> didn't he recently do the uh, Austin Powers thing? Uh, and he was in the, the, the comedy um, Musketeers one with uh, Ollie Reed. Weird. Searching for Manimal, people also search for Automan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Simon McCorkindale. That's the one. That's him. What's his name? From Cambridge. So he's got completely <laughs> sidetracked now. But um, <laughs> I guess they were kind of like cartoons, those shows, in their own way, weren't they? Well, yeah. They had their moral message, they had their... I guess, but Special there, effects. There were there were some cracking shows that were just <clears throat> some really limited run shows that I remember. Uh, ITV were generally very good at doing like three or six part dramas, or, mm. or like even two part dramas. I remember the, the Knights of God. That was ITV. Well, wasn't Knights it? of God. Yeah, we spoke about that last time we oh. were on here. Yeah, and that was because <laughs> that was a kids' one, and I bought the book of it when I was a kid. The end of it was so. Um, but there was there was uh, one called Chimera. I think it was a two part yes. one. That was Stephen Gallagher, I think, who yeah. wrote that. And I remember watching that and being completely shocked because by the end of the first episode, all the main characters were dead. They were dead, yeah. You're like, but hang on, what? what's going to happen now? Because it started it out just with, like, pools of blood on the yeah. floor as it pans through a lab, and then you see... You, you, you kind think, of really don't see the creature for most of the first episode, and then just, like, most of the cast just get murdered viciously by the end of the first episode. Yeah. And then it kind of does a wrap-up in the second episode. But that, I mean, that, for me, was that, that's one that I remember... Very yeah. vividly as being an excellent piece of TV that was released at that time, and, and they don't tend to do kind of one-off things like that anymore. And the only kind of recent examples I can think of are things like Jekyll, or yeah. um, I don't know. I'm struggling to. I mean, so many of those sort of things. Well, ITV doesn't do sort of prime time drama at a weekend anymore, do they? No, no, no. It, it's all it's all reality shows exactly, and, and, and just cheap to yeah. mass produce yeah. and get those people watching it. So you'll get stuff. The, the more high profile dramas which might be one or two parters but they're the sort of nine o'clock it's your endeavour and it's it's always some sort of detective thriller or a psychological thriller thing that they do wire in the blood type thing Yeah. yeah whereas yeah there isn't that kind of fantastical drama and I think that was something that certainly for for me, typifies the 80s was where people would just do these kind of one-shot dramas and they would be absolutely excellent. I mean, I think I, I, there was a TV version of Tarzan, I think it was called Greystoke, was it? Well, that was a, that the was movie a film. with Christopher Lambert. Christopher yeah. Lambert, yeah. Greystoke, but, uh, The Legend of Tarzan. Yeah. So that was brilliant. Because I'm sure there was like, a, a two-part TV it. version of Tarzan as well. I can't remember what it was now. It's just the 
trying to pull things out of the mash of memory from, yeah. <laughs> from 20 years ago. I suppose the Beebs still do it in a way, don't they? But again, it's tried and tested prime time things. It's Doctor Who, it's Merlin or was mm. Merlin. Yeah, and then Atlantis and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. To be, I've not, I didn't see any of Atlantis at all. You didn't miss anything. I've not seen any of uh, Musketeers yet. No, it's okay, but mm. Musketeers is actually different in that it's a later schedule. Yeah, that's that's a post nine pm, isn't it? Yeah, but still, it's it's. I I think it's it's an easily doable at six o'clock type thing. It's it's. Okay, there's a little bit of blood in it and a little bit more kissing. Just cut that out and stick it on at six. It doesn't mm. matter. It, so that's the problem it, with these shows sometimes when they try to become it's a bit more too flouncy. adult in parentheses. Mm. But it isn't though. Exactly. It's it's like the thing I hated about Torchwood. Yeah. Was it, it was Doctor Who but adult? It wasn't. It was Doctor Who as written by fifteen-year-olds. Yeah. Again, we had this conversation <laughs> last time. <laughs> 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 Obviously. So, <yeah. laughs> it all comes flooding yeah. back when you're in here. It's, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, when you realise proper adult novels, those sort of things, they don't dwell on. It's it's like the YA stuff is the stuff that's full of the most gratuitous sex. Mm. A lot of as you know, a sweeping generalisation, obviously, but whereas in the more adult novels, things it's it's got to be pertinent to the plot, or yes. it's just passed over, or it's referenced, or it just lets you fill in the blanks. Yeah, as it were. Oh, I mean, would you say there's any any shows of that time that kind of have influenced your thinking in the stuff that you do? Sorry for a family or the well, no, order. anything, any, any any kind of shows from around that era. Oh, I suppose that's the thing is when you look back at it, you don't consciously sit down and think, "Oh, I've been inspired by," uh, you know, Knight Rider. Mm. But then inevitably, I suppose these things have all been bubbling away and mixing together. It's like because I mentioned um, Brave Star earlier. I remember that. I think I was possibly getting a bit old to be watching those sort of after-school shows, but it was avoiding wow. doing the homework. And, um, <laughs> Uh, but just elements of that, because that's, well, a sci-fi western. Yeah. But inevitably, you then get, it sort of blurs into steampunk. And I think if that had been subconsciously, because you've got sort of cyborg animals in there. Yes, you do. Because it was... Um, cattle and... Well, well it, was, it was his horse, who was his yeah, partner, wasn't it? It was described as his sort of partner, 30-30. Yeah. And he was meant to be the last of a civilization of uh, sort of cyborg cyborg horses basically yeah. but he changes much like Cringer turns into battle cat exactly like that yeah and, and he gets like hands and feet and can yeah. hold a massive fuck off gun, gun yeah. <laughs> yeah that was pretty just <laughs> <is> quite handy <laughs> so I suppose subconsciously yes all of these things have yeah. gone into the, the mix because I, 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 I guess I, I could kind of pull things out of, of that era of things that I, I tend to reflect in, in stuff that I do and it, it's always the kind of the one man can make a difference trope I suppose is, is if I had to pick one the one that I could explicitly say had a massive impact on me was Robin of Sherwood. Mm. And I absolutely yeah. love that. And I, I watch it good. still. Every couple of years, I will watch, re-watch the whole thing on DVD. Mm. And it's still fantastic writing. And yes, where they've got their 80s mullets and the rest of it. And it's not particularly grubby. But then that's <laughs> a good point. And it's Clannard soundtrack. Well, again, yeah. but it was all Clannard. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love Clannard. And I discovered them through Robin of Sherwood. Yeah. Um, Saw them in concert in Nottingham and all sorts of things as a result of that. And again, it's obviously at that formative time, it was so deeply ingrained. And I think it, that was 80s again. So it was yeah. the same time I was reading Fighting Fantasy. So all these things merged together. And that's where I can really see seriously thinking what I want to write. Because I'd, I'd always wanted to write. I've always known that since I was about, since I was old enough to know that people wrote books. Mm. That was something I wanted to do. Um, but that had such an impact. And with Robin of Sherwood, it was the mix of the sort of the mythological and the spiritual side of it as well. And folklore, I suppose, it's the sort of fantasy, I don't really write high fantasy, it's the fantasy which people 
believed in for a, lo- a lot longer than they haven't believed in it. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that you know witchcraft and things. It's it's just tweaking the everyday, or it is that what is that sound in the forest at night? What was that? Mm-hmm. You know, people have believed in ghosts and spirits and everything else a lot longer than they haven't, and some <coughs> people still yeah. do. So it's very easy to snap back into that mindset. I think mm-hmm. that cultural sort of um, set that, of beliefs. Hearn was pretty dark in that as well. Well, it, but that was the whole point. The idea is the powers of light and darkness was, balanced within great. him. So, yeah, I mean, later on, he did kind of become a, a champion for the forces of good. You know, he helps King Arthur at one point, round table, and yeah. um, fighting against um, the wolves of Fenris. And, um, yeah. and people got shot with arrows and actually stabbed with swords on it. It was no, They didn't hold back on that. It was, no, yeah, it, it didn't, didn't see any blood, but yeah. No, you but could, you still got... Pretty much they, they, they but would they, die. They killed people. Yes. And people like Will Scarlet was a proper thug. He was like a football <laughs> hooligan. <laughs> he was an ass, wasn't he? Put across, yeah. But so that, even the setting of Forest, that sort of thing I've really, I've returned to. And then later on reading Robert Holdstock and Mythago Wood, it all sort of went into the same hmm. mash. But there's definitely things I'd say, if I took long to think about it, I could probably say there's scenes in various books I've written which were directly influenced by things from yeah. that show. And that's one of those things where I would love to, there to have been more, and I've seen what Richard Carpenter planned for the series, mm. but in a way, it's like you say, it's, in some ways I'd rather that I've got the memories of it stopped where it did, mm. and it was something yeah, which I really on. enjoyed, yeah. than it went on and became, well, but no, the last series is rubbish. Yeah, because mm. yeah, I, I think there were quite a lot of shows that kind of outstayed their welcome. And that's the nice thing, isn't it? Being brave enough, that's the trouble, of course. You get something that's successful, so people make more of it, mm. inevitably. Um, but to have that, that confidence to say, no, that's it. Like, for example, um, Ricky Gervais with The Office and Extras. They do a couple of series and then they stop while yeah. it's on a high and do something else. Yeah. I know, it's one thing that we've been talking about quite a lot recently as well, is the idea now of having a, a self-contained... Uh, story within a season of a show now so things like American Horror Story and True Detective that have just that's just been on which is they, they tell a, a whole story over one season and that's it if they do another season it's all different characters different stories I suppose they did Murder One didn't they back in the yeah. 90s mm. yeah things like that yeah. they were really good as a result and and not things like Heroes where they didn't know how it's going to end when they start writing it oh, and then 24 which obviously Heroes the first series I think that then became something really good. Yeah, I think but, yeah. Heroes season really one was did. great, and then from then on, it, it, it just started rehashing the same thing. And, well, I mean, it became a soap opera. Yeah, and yes. that was when it went. And they wrong. kind of hobbled the two most powerful characters in order to try and bring some kind of balance to the show, and it failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, and they never recovered from the writer's strike. No, no. Season two was cut short. Yeah. Um, was the writer's strike? That was two thousand seven. Yeah. Never managed to pick it back up again. But thinking of influences, um, <clears throat> something I know it's a blatant commercial with He-Man but what I liked about that was you had this weird setting where it was fantastical and science fiction and it really blurred the two mm. and that is a much more common theme now and I suppose it's getting too probably giving it more credit than it deserves but when you think of something like June that has sci-fi it's almost the idea of, but there's almost magical spiritual elements within that it, it, but it seems to be of, that kind it's of the Final Fantasy type yeah setting, it's that thing where the, any science that's so beyond your own experience appears magic and yeah, I suppose yeah. He-Man had its own quality of that about it because the, the, it was magical powers from Castle Greyskull. Oh, yeah. And yet they've got and battle tanks. Yeah. And Thundercats was very similar in that yeah. respect as well, because it was yeah. the Sword of Omens oh. and that power and all the other stuff, yeah. and then there was the Thunder Tank and all the tech that went in with it. I think Visionaries gets even closer. Visionaries, Visionaries oh, yeah, I remember that, the holograms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually says it's magic and science. Mm. 
Yeah, I remember visionary. So I remember having had some of the toys of that. Yeah, well, it was, it was perfect for toys because yeah. the, the cartoon was all about holograms that came to life. So yeah. the toys, you just stuck a hologram sticker on the toy and it was fucking brilliant. No <laughs> <laughs> <Loved> visionaries. <laughs> toys and robots and shit. It was awesome. Holograms. 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 But that idea of blurring sort of fantasy in the science fiction is something that still appeals. It's not something I've really developed very much but it's something I'd like to return to mm. definitely yeah I think there are some shows I think that are trying to do it I think I haven't seen enough of it to say whether it is or not but it seemed like it was going that way it was Defiance as it seemed to be but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't really talk about Defiance we don't talk about um, Defiance so <laughs> there are some shows that seem to be doing that but again a lot of the shows out at the moment seem to be very much the kind of hard science fiction rather than fantasy yeah because with He-Man it was Eternia wasn't it mm, was where yeah. they all lived yeah um, and they had all these different weird races with various powers and there's an element which appears in um in the first Superman movie, when he's travelling through space and you get the voiceover of Jarrell and he's saying, you'll pass through, I can't remember how many galaxies he says it is, but he says, and each one has its own laws of physics, effectively. And I liked that idea, the, mm. the suggestion that actually it is such a vast universe that maybe at different places they wouldn't work in quite the same way and to give you that excuse, that leeway. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think 2000 AD did it with the Tales of Telguth, which was an out and out fantasy, mm. but it was set at a planet that was supposed to exist at the centre of the galaxy, I think it was. Mm. Where, again, the laws of nature weren't as they were elsewhere. I'm just trying to think if there's any other any other themes that kind of ran through a lot of the programmes that, that are either absent now or have been... Well, a lot, there's a lot of teamwork in a lot of 80s cartoons. Often there's a missing parent. Or but that, that's the classic of anything yeah. to appeal to yeah. children. You take the parents away. That's yeah, like Harry it's, Potter, all the six, yeah. successful ones. You get rid of the parents. Yeah, it's it's kids doing it. It's kids having an adventure. Yeah. Mm. Um, or or kid-like characters, isn't it? That's yeah. I suppose maybe that was the mm. reason for the for, for, <laughs> the for, annoying for, little kid. For the little robot in uh, yeah. Ulysses, yeah. For Ulysses, that was actually his father, so that was fine. But yeah, Mysterious Cities have got I mean, that's the kids having an adventure, isn't it? Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, that's kids that's having kids, an adventure. Yeah. Unless you have one of these <laughs> cartoons now, um, I might be out of date, I my son, which is like Johnny Test, which is an out and out comedy fest and just quick farm, boom, 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 mm. and Ferb, Phineas and Ferb. And in those, those sort of genre cartoons now, much more sophisticated. And I think that, I was aware of that starting with things like Spider Man and the X-Men, mm. where you'd have ongoing stories. And they'd say at the start, part one, and they'd yeah. start to re-inform later episodes or they'd revisit things. And you'd get these huge story arcs developing, which became much more intriguing and gripping. So there was less of that, here's the baddie of the week, and they would press the reset button. Well, I, th I think the problem with, that, with those cartoons, though, was that they were just too short. Uh, each episode was too short because I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I used to tape them all and stuff and watch them in a go, and I'd get really, really annoyed with the fact that you'd always get kind of like cutscenes of cartoons of Spider Man swinging through, and then you go back to the action again, and it would be constant cuts in between mm. all of the action, so much so that it got in the way of getting invested in any storyline. Mm. And that was, that was a problem that I had just with those cartoons. I don't know if anybody else experienced that, like just from my experience watching it on TV. Yeah, I don't remember there being a, a tremendous amount of comedy in the cartoons. Towards the end of the 80s there was with like the Turtles and stuff, but 
aside from the little characters, I don't remember there being back and forth jokes and banter and comedy. It was all because they'd really have in, serious. in He-Man they'd have which is what eighty three something like that I think it is. Um, they had Orcos, Coracle. Yeah, and you'd have comic character or silly things like somebody be clumsy or something during the episode. It's like, oh, but oh, as oh, you oh. say, you then get later on they diverge. You know, either get the out and out laughter fest or these really grim serious. Mm. I mean, things like the um, Batman the animated series, which with Paul Dean, which is fantastic again writing, and it's proper Batman. It's grim and gritty, but there's no humour in that. There's no morals at the end. Unless it's don't meddle with bat DNA or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think there was a, there was a lot of the kind of don't grim... drink bat to react it. <laughs> oh. High five! No, no. <laughs> there were a lot of kind of grim, dark things around that time, and I, to be, I, I don't get it because half of Hollywood was kind of pro this pro fantasy and was kicking out stuff like Legends and Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and things like that, but then there was knee jerk reaction on the other end producing stuff like Mazes and Monsters. I don't know if you remember the film Mazes and Monsters. Ah, now is that the Tom Hanks one? The Tom one, Hanks which one. Which was, let's, let's all bash D&D because it makes you go mental. That's the one, yeah, basically. <laughs> if you play these these but, games, then you're going to end up stabbing your friends I mean, and jumping off a building because you think you can fly. This again goes back to fighting fantasy because um, researching for the book, that got tarred with the same brush. Mm. Because, well, as was anything that's successful, will then get people come out against it. And there was... Mm. A page, eight-page pamphlet, I think, about D and D. But again, Fighting Fantasy did get sort of blamed for that, and there were all sorts of reports. Um, some mother said that her child was levitating after reading one of the books. Um, somebody else said that it got weird marks in their body, and when she burnt the book, the marks went away. And of course, it's the best advertising they could have had, and people didn't say, "Oh, and some um, some vicar, I think, or some preacher threatened to chain himself to the railings outside the publishers." But what didn't help with that was. Uh, I think it was Penguin's offices in America were at 666 somewhere. <laughs> so, of course, that was an immediate. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. the proof. There you are. That's who you need to know. Um, but, yeah, as, as my mum always said to people who said, oh, should your son be reading this? She goes, well, he's reading. <laughs> Good conquers evil. <laughs> and he's reading. What more do you need to know? We'll have to make his own decisions. What are you reading for? But that was, that said, <laughs> well, that's the whole point, um, Nightmare, of course, which again is another 80s show, not a cartoon, but another kids' show, kids' game show. That partly had its own universe because they were not allowed to touch Dungeons and Dragons or Fighting Fantasy because of the bad press. That's why they did their own thing. All right, okay. Because there was the talk of being a Fighting Fantasy TV show at one point. Right, okay, and then and the nightmare was created off the back of that. Yeah, I, I suppose. Universe. I think probably it was again. It's the zeitgeist. It's of the time. It wasn't just Fighting Fantasy, but it was another form of it. But but said so having spoken to um, Ted Charles about it. They actively steered away from those sort of things for that reason. Right. Hmm. What what I love about Nightmare, and this is something I found out fairly recently, is the stuff that was used to do the graphics was the stuff they used to do uh, the TV weather yeah. forecast. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for that, they couldn't have done it. Also, they had two studios, uh, and you'd think it's because they could then move from one room to the next and set up the one room, but it wasn't. It was to do the change in scale. It's when they had the giant spiders. That was why they did the two studios. Or giants and people appear. Ah, right, okay. So they'd film one and then superimpose yeah. it onto... The... <clears throat> right, okay. So basically everything on Nightmare happened in one room. Effectively, yes. Wow. And apparently there was a lot of pauses in between. I bet that just and, and you can before. see it when you watch the episode. Some of the kids just sort of lose train of thought because they've had to wait half an hour. Well, they, they set, set up, up the next, next room, scene, which yeah. they're in for about two minutes. <laughs> but... Uh... But yeah, again, I, I love that. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there were any of the kind of game shows like Nightmare. Because I mean, there's Crystal Maze and stuff that kind of took you in and yeah. had a kind of general conceit around it. But was well, there... ch- well, the only thing I think of for kids is Raven, but that's a much more recent thing. That is very, yeah, it's a very yeah, different. Yeah. It's not. I don't know how real time Nightmare was, except that they did kind of just apart from setting up the rooms, they did sort of go through it. Whereas Night Raven's obviously filmed everyone through a time different. Mm. Um, environments I imagine over a weekend or something Yeah. whereas this was you play the game through until the end and it might take ages but um, mm. yeah I'm not sure there was anything else quite like it, it when they did um, uh, was it Geek Week Google the or YouTube, YouTube Geek Week and they, did the, and they got all these and kind they, of other it, YouTube bloggers to do it they just annoyed the hell out of me because what? they'd blatantly never seen the show <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't very good yeah, and they were like look terrible. at me I'm a YouTube blogger and it was all over it's like we've been waiting for Nightmare to come back for ages and you've just ruined it, it. <laughs> but I mean off the back of that it's coming back in the form of a convention and yes they and got the, the live show I met the live thing at, at two, Edinburgh Fringe two of my friends went to see the, the live show that's meant to be very funny very good <clears throat> yes because it's one of those things that you always wanted to do. Yeah. I, I guarantee every single person in this room wanted to be on Nightmare. Spellcasting, H-E-L-L-Y-E-S. It's when they couldn't spell. and They got the spell and they'd written it down wrong or something. Or they read the labels wrong. I remember someone reading Poisonous Potion. Oh, yeah. And taking a poison pill. Yes. That's great, that, actually. Because we spoke briefly about doing a fighting fantasy YouTube video after the show last time, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. Yeah. Well, there's some guys who've done one. Um, I've forgotten what they're called now, but um, they've done it with some guy who's, who's drawing on his computer at the same time. So as they read the passages out, they're commenting on it, and he's drawing things in the background in the skill and stamina. But again, cool. that, I get the impression it's people... I don't know when they got into fighting fantasy, but they're not old-school fans of it, because it's kind of all... Kind of take the piss out of things a bit and yeah. what's coming up, but um, so yeah, you I'm sure, I'm sure there's still something to be done. Something with along the lines of you, you, you show a scene it. and then like a bunch of options pop up. Yeah, yeah, you choose click. one of them. And It'd then, be very yeah. different. That would be good. A link goes to another video. Mm. So you film everything. You film all the. Yeah, that would the be problems. the thing. Yeah, but that'd mm. be good. Yeah, we could do it here. We could actually do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did see a sign saying green screen this way. Yeah, so I walked through. Yeah, we have a green screen upstairs, so we could do that. That How are we going to get all the vehicles and, and machinery in there? What do you mean? In terms of what? <laughs> in terms of what machinery? We're not doing freeway fighters, sorry. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's enough laughers listening to this show who wouldn't mind doing wrestling and taking part. There is quite a few that I would, I'd know as well, yeah. yeah. So Unfortunately, I fear the dog will be stopping them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, we've got too many letters in. <laughs> hey, lappers, want to be in a fighting fantasy YouTube show? <laughs> you enter the Adventurers Guild. <laughs> <laughs> you leave the Adventurers Guild. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's entirely doable. But, uh, well, I'll write me. it if you'll film it. There we go. Deal. That's, yeah, that'd be brilliant. Let's do a short one first. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any midgets in Jalapa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. He went there. Wow. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. Something about the other 80s cartoons. What were your favourites? There we go. Well, I did watch a lot of He-Ban. <laughs> um, I enjoyed Transformers. 
Yeah. Although I've watched that again since. I bought them for my son, and you realise suddenly how poor they are. I've got a yeah. lot. I, um, I still love Transformers the movie. That awesome. Yeah. First film are we proud, are we ninny bomb? Are we proud, are we ninny bomb? Uh, yeah, Brave Star, as I say, which a lot of people didn't seem to see, I don't I think. Saw Brave I Star. Yeah, I loved, Brave I loved, I loved that. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, this is just a list of any I've watched. When, oh, The Pirates of Darkwater. Was that Ooh. late 80s? I don't remember that one. Because again, that had... I think that, that was late. That, that was kind of... It must have been because of the anima- the way the animation was. It must have been yeah. like sort of mid to late 80s. Because that was again a fantasy world where this dark... Well, it was also called archipelago base, and you've got the, I can't remember the names. I can't there, there, there's this villainous pirate, but he had this amazing ship, which seemed to be made out of the skeletal carcass or something else. It did. And he had a sea serpent in the bilges of the ship. It was that massive, and it was quite awesome. And they travel, and, and the, I think it was Ren was the hero, and he had a broken sword. So I'm really good at fighting. It was broken like in the first episode. But he had another ship and a, various different allies who. There was, again, an annoying girl, monkey bird yeah, in that, who was the annoying character. But that had quite an ongoing thing. And then you had, as the, as it progressed, you had dark water was sort of coming, <clears> seeping <throat> through this crack in the ocean bed. So it was infecting the oceans, and it was like this evil entity, and you'd have followers of it. It was all a bit Cthulhu in that respect, I suppose. But that, that was also, Yeah, because it would take over the, the different... Carrots, uh, yeah, different parts. parts and trying to find yes. a way to defeat dark water, which is... And it was something to do with his, his sword into it and the, 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 the princess right, yeah, that he like found through the ice bit. Yeah. God, yeah. And they say things like Jonga Longo was one of the yeah, what expletives the hell that about? I used. So check it out. There we go. Yeah, that, That'll be my recommendations. But probably go home and watch it and think, what about Dark Star? It was kind of Farscapian. It was this space guy who gets through this time warp and crash lands on this planet and becomes the, the new hero and he gets the goody side of this star that explodes. He gets the good side and the I evil guy gets the dark. Do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I just have to worry it was one of his tricks again. <laughs> no, sorry. But the, yeah, then they the whole point of it is they have to combine the sword to repair yeah. the hole in the universe yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I Thundercats I enjoyed as well. Thundercats yeah. I loved, yeah. They're, I haven't seen the reboot, but I get, yeah, I I get the impression it's quite good, sinister it is, in places. Okay. Uh, it's, well, re- comparatively. Comparatively, yeah, because it, it, it's, it's not quite as saccharine as the original Thundercats yeah. was. Um, yeah, the, the reboot's good, but Th- I mean, Thundercats is definitely one of my favourites. Um, Centurions, we were, yeah. we've spoken about most of the ones. Mask was another yes. one of my favourites. Then stuff like Defenders of the Earth. Well, there's Spider Man and his yeah. amazing friends. Yeah, that's yeah. one with, with the Aunt May and, uh, and was it the Human Torch? It was Iceman and, and, and oh, Iceman, Firestar. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. That yes. It was? Yeah. Firestar. Yes. Um, that raccoons. That's one of my the raccoons. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Sentinels, have I made that up? Is that what it was called? I think I might have been late 70s, but it had some sort of alien spaceship with this holographic head which sort of wobble into view. And the three heroes were Greek characters from Greek legend, so there's Mercury as one. I've forgotten who the girl was, it might have been Artemis, and I think there was Hercules and that, but they, that seemed to be crossing times. And I think it was another filmation one like Tarzan because Tarzan was a great sci fi cartoon. You know, there's Tarzan in the middle of the African jungle and he meets all these civilizations of white people. That's all they yeah, were. Great, Who'd ride giant spiders or or there'd be evil ape people, but there were never any black people, never any Africans. <laughs> so that was an interesting one. Yeah. Then there was like, the odd ones. Uh, again, another one that I'm not sure I ever finished was uh, Around the World with Willy Fogg. Yes. yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Dogtanian and the Muskerhounds. Dogtanian and the Muskerhounds, yeah, yeah. Which, to begin with, did stick quite well to the original source material, it I think. It did. Milady. Garbage Pail Kids. Yes. Not Garbage Patch Kids. I remember garbage. collecting the stickers of Garbage yeah, Pail yeah. Kids. I, I have my, I the my stickers. school trunk completely yeah. covered in a lot of them. I went through a phase of um, copying at school, created all my own, and I called them Ink Splotch Kids. <laughs> and and I, did, I did the same thing where there'd be two for each type with two different names. Yeah. on the school photocopier and wrote different names and underneath. <laughs> yeah. I eventually tracked down somebody um, who still does those illustrations and he was prepared to do me a, a sort of self, well, do me a portrait in the style of a garbage pail kid. Because that's your face, because artists started doing portraits of me in their own style. Kit Cox did one, Tom Brown did one. And I, I know you can get things yourself done as a Simpson character, but it became a sort of thing where I think that'd be quite cool. <laughs> To get different uh, illustrations. Exactly. Because yeah, yeah. I, I hate any author photo of me, so I'd much rather have these <laughs> illustrations yeah, of me. Yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of any of the any of the kind of slightly offbeat ones that I used to like. Uh, well, there was the truly odd ones, things like Chalton and the Wheelies. Yeah. See, I was going to say, so far what we've really mentioned is American. Yeah. Or possibly French of you. This is thirty-one in Japanese, a Battle yeah. of the Planets. But yeah, all those sort of there was Cosgrove really Hall. There was odd, quite yeah. a lot. But that was things like Danger Mouse. It's their own quite British. You want mm. Count Duckula and yes. I, I didn't loved, do the same sort. I of... loved Count Duckula because mm. my, my dad loved Count Duckula as well. So me and my dad used to watch that. Because was... you know Count Duckula came out of Danger Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, they didn't. Not that I remember the, them doing the, any kind of these sort of fantasy but the, adventures. The British sort of stuff was shows. more uh, live things, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. BBC would do shows. You'd have like Grain Chill. Yeah. And then Monday and Friday you'd have Blue Peter, but the Tuesday and Thursday slot would be just before Neighbours. It would be a drama. Yes, so that's what they had Moonlight. Uh, five, oh, five, yes. five children in it. That yeah, was pretty, that was pretty dark and, and, and mm. weird. Moondial was Moondial. That was the cool. one which really stuck with me, and I've since watched on YouTube, and it is as good as I remember it. Is the Witches and the Grinigog? Mm. Did you see that? It was on yeah. ITV, I think. But that's really sinister in parts. There's um a whole bit. It's always involves. What I like about it is it isn't explicit. It involves time travel, but they never sort of point that out blatantly for you. But there's these characters who are the witches, um, but suggest that they kind of escaped through some sort of time warp from persecution in the past. But they've one of them has lost her daughter, so they steal a mannequin from a department store, and the kids always sort of see the daughter who's walking along, shuffling in the background. They never quite see her, and it's very cleverly done. So you can see this figure moving, but then other times you think, is it a real person or not? So it's really creepy. And at one point they break into the room where this old woman's staying and they find this mannequin they have, and they snap a finger off back. And it's really quite freaky. That. That yeah. And this was shown at like 4.30 in the mm. afternoon. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of the kids' TV in this country tended to be live-action yeah. drama stuff um, or uh, live-action comedy. So it was things like, if you remember one called Palace Hill, which was kind of ITV's piss-take version of Grange Hill, where it was royal family at school oh yeah that was yeah that was bloody awful I, th- I thought that was great I just, <laughs> they had that, they had that. that uh, guy with the big teeth yeah, yeah 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 I remember that yeah, yeah. And stuff like Rent-A-Ghost and Rent-A-Ghost yeah, yeah Press Gang yeah and Spats Spats yeah, yeah there you yeah. go which had the same guy from Press Gang in it. It did, yeah. yeah. Well, because that, uh, that was all the same kind of thing. Press Gang was all Dexter Fletcher. And, yes. Uh, it, yeah, he was in Spats. Because it, it's one of the Doctor Who writers. Was, is it not Russell T Davies that did Press Gang? Yeah. I think, yeah. Someone like that. Yeah. I can't remember. Definitely Doctor I, Who I, oh, I was going to say Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat. Sure. It, might, it might well be Stephen Moffat. It's, it's, it's one of the two. And I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I was just trying to think of that. Um... 
I think, I think you're right. Because Russell T did Why Don't You? Yeah. He? yeah. Why Don't You was always on during the summer holidays. I love yeah. that. They have a different season. Yeah. I love that. It would be a season. You have to thing, wonder about a TV cast. show whose opening titles tell you to turn the TV off and go and do something yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the True. best advert for a TV show. But you watch it. Yeah. it. yeah. I remember the year where they had the series set on a canal. But yeah, it's Press Gang, mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Russell Davis was the other one. Yeah. Why don't you? Well, Russell T did. Oh, the name's suddenly gone. Dark season. Some ITV kids drama. Yeah. I think it was dark. Don't remember. Or some. Oh, I might have got it complete. I think maybe he did two, and there was something else. Something falls. I think. But again, that was obviously him. Test. Uh, trying I thought another Hugo. quiz show one that kind of had a general conceit around it. The adventure game. Well, I thought that, but that had celebrities in it. Adults. Yeah. So I was trying to think for for kids, but yeah, yeah it did have. The Aspidestra. With grandfather. <laughs> That's all he did. Yeah, yeah. Do you not remember that? No. It'd start <laughs> off, you'd get like like uh, Moira Stewart reading the news and s- some other random celebrities to come on and they'd allegedly travel across space, this planet, mm. where they had these cool looking aliens who then turned into humans, which really annoyed me. So they just looked like humans for the rest of the show. But they'd do these various puzzles. And, and they had to go and collect discs and, yeah. that had like uh, either coloured squares or triangles and stuff on them. And it all built up to, at the very end... They were on uh, a crisscross lattice, and they were basically sort of fighting thing, against the plant. And the plant moved along the lattice, but they couldn't see where it was. And they moved along but the lattice, and, and they get zapped. Yeah, and then you, so you'd have at the end the ones who successfully got to the end would go home on a minibus. I think it was yeah, something, something random or, like that, yeah, or sort yeah. of a VW camper van across space, <laughs> while the others walked home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was very <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> but yeah, they basically got chased around by like something like that house plant. <laughs> well, we were probably get 80 then for a second. Well, yeah, yeah 80 is a house plant. <laughs> <laughs> but the Crystal Maze, I, I loved them. And my love kids have since seen on Challenge, and they're just gripped by it yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, Megan loves it as well. She's Partly it's uh, Richard O'Brien. It's yeah, Richard yeah. O'Brien, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. But that even spawned game books. Written by Dave Morris. Oh, um, did it really? Yeah, just not very many, but there are, I think it was Dave Morris wrote them. But there are a couple, and some of the games in the early series were devised by Games Workshop. They're in the credits. Mm. Oh, I did so, not know that. That's no, I cool. Thank you. That's very cool. Games Workshop responsible for the cup of tea game. Oh, I can't see what to do. Tea bag in the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> there was some. Awesome, there it? were yeah. some absolute muppets on yes. that program. Yeah, you just screamed at the TV. Do, do you guys know anybody who went on it? No. No. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. That's one I actually do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's someone who went on Nightmare, and not someone who went on. Is that that? Yeah, Emma knows the people who one of the t- few teams who won on Nightmare. on Nightmare. She knows one of the teams who won. Wow. Yeah. I bet they still dine out on that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we won Nightmare. Wow. Yeah. yeah. One, one that was really good at sci-fi, but it, uh, um, I read up on it, and apparently it was um, Australian uh, version of BBC was massively involved in it as well. Was Tripods? Yes. Oh, I absolutely oh, fucking I love Tripods. tripods. Yeah. I wrote a review of that for SFX magazine. Well, there we go. Tripods scared the shit out. Of yeah, that was the weirdest really thing about really that was they start right. off just like the book. Well, and actually they don't at all. The, the annoying thing in the book, it never actually specifies when it's happening. You get the idea that there was this or invasion in the past, or you yeah. realise all that, yeah. Um, and it started off, what I loved about the TV show is it starts off, you've got a sort of mill scene, and there's horse and cart with peasants goes past, and then it says, 
Earth, it's like 2054 or something. And that annoys me now, because you think it's just too, too limiting by putting the it date is, on it. Yeah. But the fact that you suddenly think, well, hang on, what's going on? And that was, that was really good, and then you get these looming figures. But they went completely off tangent and they wrote this like various episodes on a riverboat, which don't happen in the book. And just mm. it kind of and they even go to a farm and, and make wine. It just got very lost. But oh, they yeah. they cancelled the show as they were filming the end. So they quickly rewrote the end because they did two out of the three books. They did it. So they actually went to the the, the city of gold. Yeah, they were going incredible. to do the third. Yeah, and then um, they pulled the plug. So they had time to film it and saying there's it all been for nothing. And they literally the writer put that line in. I think it was. Has this all been for nothing? For nothing. Mm. And, and it just the left last you, line. oh, tenterhooks. Mm. But yeah, I've read the, the books a couple of times. Yeah. The, one of the um, ones I, I was quite surprised at is that um, one of the leading, I can't remember the exact character, um, but one of the leading actresses actually died in a car crash before it even aired. Yes, I think you're right. I think I'm trying to remember her name. I can't Eleanor remember. Or somebody, but yes. Um, I've forgotten the main like. character's name now. But he falls in love typically. They end up in a French chateau. And she's one who's chosen by the tripods. And what's clever is you don't see her until the next series, but she's, or you see somebody else. Exactly. But they preserve like the most beautiful the idea. She's basically mummified. So that they preserve these beautiful things. It's a bit creepy. But yes, I think I remember reading that. Yeah. Just um, kind of a bit. Because none of the, the main actors from that, I wish I could have gone on to anything else. But I think Will, that was it. Will was the main one. He did some other one off sort of modern drama very serious and then just left acting completely another one I think became like a train driver or a long distance lorry driver there was and, also and there some was really the weird Beanpole, things the geeky it, one he's I think he's still quite geeky but they didn't sort of stay in acting at all no but apart from one I can't remember what his name was well I think one of the uh, one of the elders he, probably yeah. He, yeah. he carried on um but get a lot of them were the the main characters were the Australian and, and New Zealand guys though, weren't they? So they kind of yeah. There wasn't anything once they they pulled the plug on it. There wasn't anything for them to do. Because I think that was chroma key as well. Mm. And I think I remember they the only thing they actually built of the tripod life size was this foot, which they then like, two or three. Into, think there's two or, or three. three. Yeah. yeah. So you'd see them plonked down in a lake and stuff like that, mm. and, and then they did it all just with models. But for the time, I do remember just. It really grabbed you as a series, but, yeah, just, but since I, I'd like that idea of where you don't give all the answers to everything, yeah. like you don't know quite when things are happening. Just when the set of travel would open, and the arm would come down, yeah. and take them off to be cat. Yeah, yeah. That just. Oh. And then they just came back zombies. Yeah. Great show. With a tinfoil triangle stuck thread. Yeah. <laughs> Meshed in their hair. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I think on that note, we'll probably wrap it up, gents. <laughs> really, for the episode. Yeah, dude, it's 75 minutes. Time no, fucking fun. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's never 10 to 9. Oh, okay, yeah. We can cut That's... out all the dead air we're spinning yeah. this thing about Lego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we'll have to get rid of that, I'm afraid. Sorry, That's I'm sorry, man. Oh, yeah. Wow, so we played last track of time. It's been 75 <laughs> minutes. Wow. I'm sure we had other stuff to talk about, but... We do, know, yeah. Save it for another time. Indeed. Um, Jonathan, it's been great having you back. Thank you. Lovely having, yes. having you back again. So, it's been yeah, great so fun. Uh, Thank you. By all means, everybody out there, go buy Jonathan's books. They're all available through his website. <laughs> That's imagine. true. Yes. Links will be in the show notes. We, so. Yeah, we'll put links to, to it. Um, anything else? Well, quickly, I just want to say well, there's an event coming up uh, Saturday, 26th of uh, this month that we're attending, which is a book launch of uh, Her Dark Voice, mm -hmm. which is a horror anthology by uh, all female authors. Uh, 
Oh yes, I've heard about that. All the proceeds of which are going towards cancer research. So we're we're off to the um, the book launch for that on 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 Saturday. So if you're around Coventry, pop into the into the museum. I'll pop the the links in the show notes. Yeah. Come along, have a cup of tea, buy the books. Uh, don't forget, Lawgiver is only a couple of weeks away now. So again, links to that will be in the show notes. We go on to the celebration of Dread, hosted by Rule Thirty Two. Mm-hmm. Latest Eddie's. magazine has a short story by me in it. Yes, I saw go. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part one of a two-parter. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Second Dread story. There you go. Just get that one in. Awesome. Yeah, like, I think last time we, you were on, we, we spoke, you spoke briefly about it how probably you, is a bit. You, you got in. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, Snuck in through the back door. Yeah, yes. yeah. That, that, that's exactly what you said. Yeah, yes. Just, that. Done it again. <laughs> they left the back door open again. Marvelous. <laughs> I think they learned from the last time. <laughs> Shut the back door. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, and yes, so music for this week, yeah. Uh, so the band we've got for this week, uh, they're called Schemata Theory. Um, they're a band who I did, ran into on, on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, I had to listen to their stuff. They're, they're really cool. They're Reading-based metal band. Uh, and I'm just rapidly trying to find what the name of the track is. <laughs> uh, it's The track's called A Complex Slate, which is their, their current single and the video and everything's out on YouTube. So we will... Uh, Put the links to that again in the show notes. So enjoy Schemata Theory. Okay. okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. That's all for this week. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And I've been Aidy. And I've been Jonathan. Woohoo! And I still am Jonathan. Yeah, <laughs> and you will be tomorrow. I will be. <laughs> Until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. Ta-da!